Hello, welcome to the Frown Room. Um, if you are interested in getting a video of this show, you can go to my YouTube channel, which is just Banks Daniels on YouTube, and uh, the video will be available there. Um, if it's not up yet, if you're just listening to this episode as it's coming out in audio form, it'll be up within the next couple days. Um, I recommend um, uh, watching the video because the video is... Um, uh, uh, pretty funny, you know. There's some cool visual gags that we like to do, and uh, uh, you know, it's uh, in some ways maybe it's more engaging. Anyway, hope you enjoy this episode. On this one, Doug and I talk about some of our recent uh, musical uh, adventures, listening to some, uh, uh, or t- you know, talking about some of the things we've been listening to lately, and some of the things we've been digging, and you know, having a couple, uh, you know, tangents. This is a very tangential episode, but if you like to listen to us just talk about stuff. Um, I think you'll enjoy this one. Anyway, um, uh, have a good week. Have a good day. Have a good whatever. Enjoy the show. Check, check, check. That looks good. Yep. You're okay. Not, no video is coming through on your end. Well. Well, you, wow. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. This is a little different. Uh, I, had to put, I had to put on my Sunday best to do the frown. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, now you're making me feel like uh, I'm doing something wrong here. I feel like a sportscaster. I feel I know. like I'm on talk oh, radio. Are going to talk about sports today? I oh, feel like geez. I'm... Uh, I feel like I'm. I feel like I'm here to talk about football. We're here, John Madden. We're gonna talk about football, okay? Welcome to the frame room where we talk about nothing but sports. Uh, where are my glasses? Where are my glasses? Okay. There we go. Oh my god! I look like you. I look like my dad with really long hair. Oh. Oh man. Okay. So. Uh, yeah. Um. So. We're rolling. This is the frown room, everybody. If um, only you could see Banks right now. Well, we will. Well, they will because we're gonna do. We do video now. We're gonna put the oh, video yes. out. That is that is true. All right. Uh, um, I'm looking. I'm looking like a bum, and Banks is looking like a newscaster. So. <laughs> yeah, Doug looked like he just got out of the shower, which I believe he did. Yeah, that that is true. This this is this is true. All right, uh, Banks. <laughs> all right, so Doug, I feel like it's been a while since we've done an episode of the frown room where. It was just us. Although, I mean, not just because we've been doing, we had, did a couple interviews, but also we took like a long break. Yeah, in we December. did that long hiatus, and 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 usually we had some sort of plan. But I think today, let's uh, let's just take it easy here, huh? Yeah, man. All uh, right. Uh, plans are for the bourgeois. Yeah, like us on different Sundays. I, I don't know. You're you're looking a little bourgeois yourself today, Banks. Look, I'm I'm prepared. Look, I'm preparing my run for the Georgia State Assembly. Come on. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh my God! One right. but- I missed a I missed a button. Oh, oh and he's already fired. They lost. They lost. Your they, first, I, I've already been lost. The first big scandal. He forgot I demand to a re- button up his shirt. I demand a recount. <laughs> 
Oh boy, let's not joke about that. All anyway, right, um, yeah, let's not get back. All right, all right, frown room. Anyway, so uh, yeah, it's been a while. Um, yep. How you been, Doug? I feel like uh, just outside of the show, we haven't really talked about anything, you know. Uh, well, uh, I was uh, I was just out in Colorado going skiing, so don't worry, I'm not sick. Um, oh man, I, I didn't see, I didn't really see anyone. It was just me and my brother. Yeah, you know, Doug sent me some great pictures of of him in a him in a funny mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's kind of why I went there was to wear funny masks. Yeah, Dark Rider. <laughs> Dark Rider, that's me. <laughs> oh man well i haven't done anything nearly that cool uh recently i've just been at home doing school work or being at school doing school work uh the, the that's why you're all dressed up like that school work requires some very bourgeois attire <laughs> uh i you know i haven't worn this suit in like a year i wore it oh. uh i did a gig <laughs> Almost exactly a year ago, where I played at this little jazz club in Alabama. Oh, because they Alabama, have Alabama, the, known for their love of jazz. Yeah, um, <laughs> strangely, uh, I believe we were at Auburn University or whatever, and I wore mm. this. I wore my my jacket here, and that was the last gig I ever had. <laughs> mm. I think it was in well. February. I remember we were in. It was February, mm. and me and the guy who hired me for the gig, this piano player. Mm. We were talking about COVID, actually. He was like, yeah, you know, I was over in China when the SARS thing happened, but I didn't even know it when I was there. <laughs> well, uh, how things have changed, huh? Yeah, everybody knows about this, <laughs> I think. Yeah. So uh, what you been listening to lately? Um, well, I've been listening to... Uh, I, last week, particularly, I was listening to... Um, the ba- the famous the band the the Deftones the Deftones in fact the I Deftones. think we should talk a bit about uh, the Deftones a bit today uh, actually sure we can do that um well we can do whatever we want <laughs> no yeah, it's fine but, yeah I'm pull- I, uh, I was I was because uh, yeah you 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 mentioned that album Koino Yokan uh, by the Deftones to me and uh, so I had to I, or or I think they're just Deftones now but whatever they are. I, uh, were they? I, I don't know. Were they at one point the Deftones? I was just making a joke, but is that like a thing? I I don't know. I let me look this up. Sometimes uh, we have to we have to clear this up in the frown room. Sometimes Pink Floyd were called the Pink Floyd. The Pink Floyd. The Pink Floyd. Ugh. Ugh. Mm, nah, I think they were always just called Deftones. Well, you know, uh, whatever. Anyway, I've been listening to them a little bit. Um, yeah. Yeah, Koino Yokan was a uh, was a incredibly underrated uh, piece of music. Yeah, I'd say so. I never heard anybody talk about that album, um, right. and it's really good. I really like the. I really, first of all, I really like the production on it. I think the right. the the um, in particular the uh, the sonics on that album are just ex- excellent. Like the the drum the drum sound and the guitar sound is really it's all perfectly kind of balanced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In general, the the album has a just a a generally really nice tone. But I think the song there's something to be said for the songwriting, and and there's always kind of been something to be said for like Deftones as as a band that kind of came into the new metal scene, you know, in the early two thousands. Yeah. But have have sort of managed to sort of transcend that scene and and really just kind of 
make something for themselves um, and and sort of be able to define who they are as a as musicians on their own terms. But I also feel like they kind of get lumped in with those bands like you know Limp Bizkit or or um, what you would call it. I don't. I'm I'm drawing a blank on those new metal bands. Well, it's okay because <laughs> System of a Down. Are, I don't know. Are, I think System of a Down. Yeah. None of them are good anyway, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Um, well, Deftones are are great. Yeah, Deftones so. are really good. I feel like, I think their first album or their early albums were more new metal. Right, right. But, That's the um, thing. Um, this kind of this album really showed just how much they transcended that scene, you know, and how much they were able to sort of grow out of that. Um, and this was this was what 2012, right? So this was yeah. a long after the stride of that genre had ended. You know, it's funny that does. This album doesn't feel like it came out that long ago. I think no, it's no. um, it sounds pretty contemporary still. It um, yeah, it has a really fresh sound to it. Um, so I, I think there's there's a few things we should mention about like the stylistic like elements of this album because it's 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 a much more multifaceted album. You know, just calling it uh, alternative or or um, like new metal is not doing justice to how how good this one sounds and and still sounds honestly. Um, cause, uh, so I think like that first song, Swerve City has, like, it has some, Swerve like, City. Swerve City. My favorite level from Speedy Egbert. My, I know, I know, you know, those, the Speedy Egbert levels, you know, that one, that one I hear, uh, killed a lot of people from motion sickness. Like they actually started hemorrhaging <laughs> like brain matter because well, they had to cut, that's so why much. they had to cut that level out of Speedy right, Egbert right. because it was dangerous. I, it's I like think... the episode of Pokemon that they, they bought, they banned cause it had, cause it gave people seizures. That's what right, happened right. with the Speedy Swerve Egbert City level. Made, yeah. Yeah. Swerve City made people hemorrhage their brains out of their ears. You know, it's true. <laughs> true. You can look at this up. It's. Um, Swerve City. Um, the, so the song itself has something of a like a like the solo on that song has a very shoegazy like post rock kind of sound. Yeah, there's a lot of atmospheric moments on this album. I think this album almost reminds me of like uh, it almost has like a Devin Townsend feel to it at times with that atmosphere. Absolutely. I think the track. The, tr- the track that encapsulates that the most, I think, is the closing track, What Happened to You. Yeah, for Definitely sure. has a lot of that. Um, you know, this album, I so I should give, I should back up a little bit. So I listened, I, I got into this band um, recently because their new album, Ohms, came out um, yeah. just last year, 2020, toward the end of the year, too. Right, right, uh, sometime right. Sometime in the fall or late summer. And... Uh, I heard the single, the first, I heard the single Ohms, which was like the first track I'd ever heard by them. And I really liked it because that, that song has a really atmospheric feel to it. And, not, and that sure. one, especially, it almost sounds, it almost sounds like the song Life by Devin Townsend. Actually, it has a very similar, like have very similar opening riff. And yeah. it's, it's, it's just kind of like a simple rock song, but with these really big atmospheric guitars that have right. that really staticky sound to it. And yeah. so... I had wanted to check out more of their stuff, but I just never got around to it until recently. And I did, I think, um, you know, most of their albums are fine. I've listened to a handful of them now, but, um, Koino Yokan is definitely the, the best one. Yeah. Um, far yeah, and away. I, I think it really, you can cut, I listened to some of the ones leading up to it and you can, you can hear sort of the shift in their style right. away from new metal towards a more, just you kind of this, uh, like progressive metal almost you know like it's very <laughs> different yeah um i i like 
yeah, I like the album. I think it has a lot of um, cool songs, a lot of memorable moments. Almost every song has like a great riff or something. Right, um, right. So I want to, yeah. There's a few, the few other songs I really want to bring up on this album. Uh, mm-hmm. Poltergeist was uh, was another one that really stands out to me on this one because uh, it's it has this it has this almost genty sounding riff. Like the the guitar tone on this album, I should mention as a whole, has that really like like down tuned kind of uh, uh, what's what's the word for it? Um, just that dirty like low genty kind of sound. Yeah, um, and I I think that was kind of cool to hear. Um, I guess uh, what was their guitarist? Um, I think yeah. Stephen Carpenter um, is is pretty influenced by like Mishuga. Um I seem to remember reading an interview at, at some point, uh, sort of uh, hearing about how he was sort of influenced by that that well, one, style. One band uh, that was a big influence on them as a band that I really like recently have been listening to a lot as well as the band hum who are kind of like an alternative oh, yeah. ra- rock band right. from the nineties. Right. Um, and you can really hear it. Um, you can really hear that, that, that low guitar sound. Cause I don't think it's coming as much from, uh, it's coming a little bit from the sort of Meshuggah genty side, but I right. think it's coming more from a alternative rock, like nineties yeah. vibe. It is interesting how how those two had something of a similar guitar tone. Like I'm I'm always surprised at like how much heavier like '90s alt rock guitar sounds are. Yeah, um, they 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 have they, you know some of those '90s alt rock bands have have like surprisingly like crunchy and heavy guitar tones. Yeah, I mean even a band like Nickelback has some really heavy songs um, right, right. with heavy guitar tones. Right. Yeah, but anyways, Poltergeist off of this album, um, Def, uh, Koi no Yokan. Uh, I mean, even the it's not just like the tone of the guitar, but uh, even like sort of the way the riff is written um, has a very has that kind of like uh, it's a bit it's a bit offbeat, you know. It's a bit of a an interesting like uh, kind of tempo that they're playing at, but also it it just has that very uh, like genty sound. Um, yeah that I quite like and i mean you know as we've established you know this was a time where that was um really popular really in vogue yeah and so uh and i think the i think the, the guy the guitarist from the band is really interested in extended range guitars actually if you look at the video for the song ohms which i mentioned he he's clearly playing a nine string guitar in that video, even though he never uses like the seventh, eighth, or ninth string. <laughs> right, <laughs> which right. is pretty funny. Yeah. So another song I really like off of this album is "Romantic Dreams." That's the second track. Yeah, and that one. So like the verses of that one almost remind me of like some of the more like proggy stuff. I know this is going to be a weird comparison, but some of the more like proggy stuff that Enslaved has done. The kind of thing. Huh. I, I, it's it's just it's a very interesting sound that goes on in the verses of that song. I quite like. Um, yeah, yeah, that's a good song. Um, yeah, I mean, I like... the chorus has this more like kind of standard hard rock kind of drive to it, but like the verses of that song in particular, are just it's it it has a really interesting sound because you have this set of atmospheric guitar part layered over this very like, yeah, 
uh, I would call it very progressive sounding riff. Um, I quite like it. Yeah, no, this song has, uh, I think all the songs on this album have, you know, are really well written. They all have great, um, you know, riffs. And they great, have a lot of you, personality to them, a lot yeah, of atmosphere. And a lot of great, um, you know, melodies. I think the, for the sure. vocal parts are really infectious and oh, uh, fun to sure. listen to. Yeah, I mean, Deftones have always been particularly good at writing that style of um, that style of uh, music, where you know the very like catchy, infectious stuff. It's just that this this album has like elements of uh, like this very like heady progressive music uh, mixed in there so naturally too. Um, so it's a testament to how talented that band is, and. Uh, yeah, I'm 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 almost mad at myself for not listening to this one more sooner. Yeah, well, uh, like I said, I only discovered him recently, and I tried to listen to some of their other albums, but none of them yeah. really hit me the way this one does. I do no, like Ohm's a fair bit, and um, Saturday Night Wrist has some good songs, and yeah, they all have yeah. a couple good songs, but this one overall, I think, is where they really peaked it out. Right, right. So definitely an underrated piece of music, I'd say. Um. There's a couple of things I'm excited about, Banks. I have to I have to mention um, if we're we're moving on from uh, Deftones, uh, Evergrey's got a new one coming out soon that uh, I'm excited about. Uh, yeah, it, what's the deal with yeah. that? Well, uh, it's from they've released two singles so far. So this this one's called Escape of the Phoenix, which sounds more like a like a cheesy power metal band. Although Evergrey kind of have their roots in like some power metal stuff. They've always been more of a like let's just say emotionally driven prog power outfit you know they're they're not they're not one for talking about knights and dragons most of the time it's more you know somber topics i suppose i mean so it's it 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 doesn't seem like that's like influencing the music as much um but so they've got they've got a couple new songs eternal nocturnal and um oh, what was the other one called I'm blanking. I'm blanking on it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's Eternal Nocturnal, and it's going to come to me in a sec here. Forever Outsider, which, I mean, uh, it, it's it's basically more of the same um, of what they've sort of been doing ever since they, they nearly broke up uh, in the early 2010s, and then they had sort of this big reunion period. Um, that they're still sort of riding off of in uh, 2014 with uh, with their album Hymns for the Broken, and uh, that was their first album that got produced by Jacob Hansen. So there's been sort of this revitalized kind of sound that they've had ever since ever since they sort of got back together, or they they uh, it's more Tom England got got some new people on board and really managed to revitalize the band. And so, yeah, I mean, it, it, there's not much notable to say about it other than it's just a continuation of kind of their their newer, I would say, kind of heavier style they've done recently. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, uh, I've not listened to a lot of Evergrey. I've never really yeah. been able to get into them the same yeah. way that I enjoyed some uh, other bands of that style. Yeah, um, I don't, a lot of it, yeah, I mean, you it, you kind of gotta listen to the right album. Um, yeah, that's probably a problem too. I would I would say like if you're gonna listen to any one Evergrey album, obviously, in search of truth is a good one to start with. Um, 
But if you want the more like catchy, fun stuff, um, some of the newer works are great for that. Um, the Atlantic has some very like nicely condensed kind of easy to get into songs, but I would say like their best work is probably in search of truth. So all I know is that I think I listened to the album, uh, years ago, I listened to the album, uh, Monday morning apocalypse. Oh yeah. Which has great album art. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, yes. And that was like right before they were like, fuck it, let's stop this band. You know, uh, it was around that era where it was like yeah. Evergrey is is a band that is going to break up soon. Um, <laughs> I feel, yeah, I feel like it would be good to hear some uh, some kind of like proggy stuff like that. I haven't heard anything like that in a while. It might be yeah. good to try out some new bands because I yeah. most of the you know most of the prog stuff I really like nowadays. You know, for the last like six months or so, it's all been um, listening to Gent and shit. But uh, it'd be nice to listen to something else, maybe. Um, yeah, Evergrey have a f- have that fun sing-songy style to them. I have developed this problem <laughs> lately where um, I think COVID has accelerated my my ADHD or whatever because oh. I and, and I want to listen to podcasts, but I also want to watch music at the same time. He wants to watch, watch music. music and listen to podcasts. <laughs> ah, see, this, well, this is the problem. So I'll have like a podcast. I'll have a podcast open in one window on my computer. Usually, yeah. like usually like a video podcast, you know. Um, yeah. Lately, because I'll just be at my computer, and if there's like a YouTube video to go with it, I'll watch it. Mm. Uh, but I'll also have Spotify open, listening to stuff. And mm. for some reason, I've deluded in myself into thinking that I can listen to stuff I've never heard, never listened to before at the same time. Yeah, that's not how you do it. <laughs> so it doesn't. It just. It sometimes it works, um, yeah. but it's really it really. And then I just feel tired after a while. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Too much. Too much media ingestion at once. Yeah. Uh, you know, I will say. Uh, I don't know. I I haven't really like my normal habits haven't really changed. So I'm I'm. I'm still forcing myself to be limited on, on how much media I consume, but I, I have I have had more a bit more time to listen to some new stuff. Um, I was so I I listened to a couple a couple um, artists that kind of kind of threw me back recently. They were sort of a, a sort of a throwback appeal to their style that uh, had a had a certain level of nostalgia. Um, okay. So the two artists are Neutronic and the Annex. So the annex is the A N I X, um, and uh, Neutronic has a is very much like that group Pendulum, like the electronic group. Oh yeah, shit! I like that band. I haven't yeah, listened to them in yeah. a long time, but they were they've always been one of my favorites. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, Pendulum are great. They sort of have it's it's you know it's taken the drum and bass kind of sound and and or like the dubstep sound and, and giving it sort of a fun, like poppy, um, easy to, I guess it was sort of more rock influenced, um, just fun to listen to sound. Um, and Neutronic very much do like, like the, the very like upbeat drum and bass kind of thing, but it's a bit more like rock and metal influence. There's a bit more like heavy guitars in Neutronic's music than I would say like Pendulum ever did. Um, yeah. I always liked that about Pendulum, you know, that they always had like a, they always felt like um 
they didn't feel that different from like the bands I was listening to at the time. And in fact, they're more um, like a rock band. Right. In fact, yeah. Cause when I was listening to them was when I was, was during my first sort of foray into into metal, you know? Right. Right. Um, In fact, I have a distinct memory of, of listening to, uh, the blue one, the third one. Which one is Immersion. that? Immersion. Immersion I'm, is the one. I almost ca- I almost said In Waves, which is a trivium album. <laughs> well, it, under Under the Waves is underneath one of the, the songs. waves is a song. Yeah, and there's a lot of under- water on that album right. anyway. Right. Like, but I had this distinct memory of listening to that album mm. as I was s- standing outside, um, waiting to go inside on my first day of high school. Right. So. <laughs> Um, that was a long time ago. Uh, right. Right. But, um, uh, that's my, that's my pendulum thought. I still like that band a lot. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and, of, and of course, uh, like I say, they did sound a lot like bands I was listening to at the time. Right. Because also they often featured members of bands that I was listening to at the right. time. Right. Right. Yeah. They had that song, The Fountain, that features Stephen yeah. Wilson. And, and they, they had the had, one within flames. With the one within flames. That's right. Which is really cool hearing that sort of crossover thing. But yeah, Neutronic is a nice kind of throwback to that. I would say the Annex is as well. Um, it's sort of a. The, the Annex is definitely more like kind of the rock sound. It's not as metal. Um, but they're they're a lot of fun. Uh, they released their album Graphite, uh, or one of their albums Graphite last year, I believe. So, it's 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 kind of fun throwback music. Uh, it's both both on like the fixed music label, which um, brought us one of our favorite bands back in the day, Blue Stolly. Oh yeah, that's uh that's the guy from um, Cell Dwellers lo- lo- label, right? Yes, yes, that's the Cell Dweller label. So both of these, both of these new artists I was listening to are kind of from that label. Oh yeah, and there's Clay- something to Clayton be said. Clayton with a K. Clayton with a K. That's right. And there's something to be said about how that label sort of consistently puts out a lot of really fun, um, like industrial rock and metal music. Um, as I, I always kind of like it. Um, They've they've been of course doing a lot of like synthwave stuff lately too because that's sort of the the flavor of right now. People are still doing synthwave. I know, I know. <laughs> There's still well. I, so I was I was actually interested in talking about this for a sec. Yeah. Uh, so one of the big like synthwave artists, Perturbator. Uh, he, you know, he's one of the one of the ones that really was kind of the first to catch the wave of this trend. Um, He's putting out a new album soon, um, but the first single off of that album, Excess, sounds much more like uh, like dark wave music from which, from back in the '80s, so or '70s and '80s. So it's it's not. I know it both has the wave thing, but that was sort of the. Um, I know you 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 chastised me for my misuse of the word post punk, so I won't. Wait, did, I won't. Hold on, we can't. Can we talk about? I don't know. If, wait, did that happen on the air? Come on, we can't I let our viewers. It, it didn't, ha- it oh, didn't no, happen oh, on the air. On. That didn't happen on the air. Now the viewers know we fight behind the scenes. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> okay, well, it's sort of a, the late the late seventies. Uh, yes. Uh, you know, like the kind of synth-driven early like goth, uh, like punk type music. Yes, uh, and so Perturbator's new album. I even talked to the the label about this. Uh, Blood Music is the label that Perturbator's uh, released through, um, and I I asked him about it. Um, 
and uh, apparently, so this new album is going to just be more of that kind of style, which I think is kind of cool. Um, you know, it's still very much like synthesizer driven stuff, but it, it has that much more like hard rock kind of edge to it and a bit of a, mm -hmm. bit of a punk kind of edge to it. Um, because that style is so like, there's not a lot of diversity to the style. I'll say that the synth wave thing. So it's, it's he's, he's kind of been one of the artists that has always kind of, um, uh, played around with different ideas within that genre, you know, like on, on his album, um, uncanny Valley, like he had, uh, he had some like kind of jazzy songs. He had some, some interesting, like featured artists. He got the band Astronoid to sing on one of the songs souls at zero, which Astronoid are like kind of the, uh, progressive, uh, post metal kind of, kind of outfit. They do some like mix of, um, like kind of fun shoegazy stuff with some some heavier like froggy metal sounds it's it's fun um so yeah uh, i'm excited for that i'm excited to see like if that synthwave genre dies or if it's able to like expand a bit and and adapt and do some more like multifaceted stuff cuz the 80s the 80s aesthetic can only or the 80s nostalgia can only take people so far, I suppose. You think that. <laughs> you think that. I mean, pop have culture it, for the last... Haven't however, we been saying that for the last 15 years? Right, right. It's like 80s nostalgia can only go so far. But I would say like early 2010s, it was more 90s nostalgia. So we've, we've gone backwards. I think it's always been both. I feel like... It's been uh, a bit of both, yeah. I, I don't remember... I remember... The the '90s nostalgia was more like, hey, remember the, hey, remember, uh, hey Arnold, you know, shit like that, where it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. people like only remember, remember only '90s kids remember, remember that meme? Yeah, yeah, that's 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 right, that's right. <laughs> I, I have a feeling, I I feel I feel like you hated that one. <laughs> I did. I hated it a lot because one of the '90s cartoons was Doug. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god, it's Doug funny, guys. <laughs> yeah, oh, that's really funny, Banks. It's so funny. Ah, uh, dude, I don't think I'm... I ever I don't think I ever watched that show. Good. I might have watched a few you... Everybody looked weird in that show. Right. Well, you see, one of my one of my biggest like thoughts about that cartoon, all right, is uh so they have like green people and like purple people in that show. And but but it was like I don't think there was ever like. I guess there was like his patty mayonnaise had kind of darker skin, but I always assumed that was like a tan. Anyways, what I'm saying is, how does racism work in the Doug universe? You have these green people and these purple people. Like, was there a purple people liberation movement? Like, what's what's like what's systematic racism look like in the Doug universe? How well, maybe are, maybe are, maybe are it green didn't people. Maybe it didn't. Maybe it was. Maybe it was. You know, a utopia. It was. Well, maybe. Uh, maybe it is. Maybe, maybe it was like a woke I, utopia. You know. I, you see, I I tend to think because you had there was like the bully, the Roger guy or whatever his name was, and he he had like the really bright green skin, and so I always thought like, does this does the Doug universe have something to say about green people? Like, are, the they, <laughs> <laughs> is there, are they? Is there is there like. Maybe maybe there's some systemic racism that goes against green people in the universe. Like, do green people have like specific like racial slurs? Like, if anyone knows, 
please do do tell us. Please send us an email at frownroompodcast at gmail.com. <laughs> yes, please. Please. Um, um, I'm or just send us an email any knowing. or just send us an email anyway, we're lonely. So uh <laughs> Yes, yes, please. Um uh, okay, let's what were get we talking about? <laughs> Can we talk about eighties? Man, 80s I love nostalgia. Man, I love, I love. Hey, Arnold. Oh I always yeah, get, football head. Football. I always get in an argument with one of our friends because he, he insists that people that people who were like sixteen year olds and like you know the last decade would sit around and be like, dude, wouldn't it be so crazy if we watched Hey Arnold right now? And I, I feel like that never happened. I feel like he's making that up. Unbelievable. As, Unbelievable. as a reason, as a reason as to why he doesn't like the show Hang Arnold. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure it'll get a reboot soon enough. Like they're trying to reboot everything right now. Then they make those, a like, old shows. Then they then they make a new movie a few years ago. I don't know. <laughs> I have no clue. Have but no they made idea. and they made a Rocco's Modern Life Netflix special, and they made a they made an Invader Zim Netflix movie, which I actually liked that one. I thought it was fun. I do like Rocco's Modern Life. I was wa- I used to watch it a few years ago uh, when I was in college with a friend of mine. Uh, yeah. I remember the I there was a night I went through a really bad breakup, and I remember we watched Rocco's Modern Life that night. It's comfort food. <laughs> oh, and they also rebooted Animaniacs recently too. Oh yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah. So yeah, all very uh uh I wouldn't call it like necessarily exciting, but. You know, to bring this back to metal music, uh, the metal world kind of has had a uh, sort of a history of that too, of the revivalism in recent years. And we talked a bit about this, you know, in the in the early 2010s and 2011. Uh, you know, you got the thrash revivalist uh, movement with like bands like Warbringer and Havoc and uh, Vector and and whatnot. But recently, recently, I would actually say that the trend has been like new wave of British heavy metal and like old school power metal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have, you have bands like, um, uh, what was the band name? Visigoth is a good example where they're very much like the old school, like British heavy metal or like, uh, old school power metal music. Um, and they, and they kind of do it, you know, note for note of that, of that style. Uh, there was another one called. I got hold on. I have a joke. <laughs> um, okay. you, were, you said the name of that band was 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 Viz, was Visigoth, right? Visigoth. Yeah, that's correct. I'm sitting here thinking, did they just pop open like a medieval history book and go to the index and just like run their finger down until they found a word that was like cool? I mean, it, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I assume that's how a lot of bands operate. Um, yeah, oh, it sounds uh, like Eternal Champion was the other one I heard, which that's very like power metal. But they they intentionally make their sound like, hey, this 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 has like eighty sounding production quality. Um, their Manacle was another one. They're from like Toronto. Uh, they they intentionally sound as as close to like eighties Halloween as possible. Like their vocalist sounds almost like identical to. Uh, Michael Kiske from Halloween. So it's, I mean, it's still something that's going. It's just less like '80s thrash now and more like '80s '80s power metal or, yeah, it's it's just shifted its focus. Um, you know what really needs to be re- revived? What, what I think we, we should we need to bring back we need to bring back 
mid two thousands metalcore, dude. We need to have yes, yes. We need for to bring sure. back Shadows Fall as mm-hmm. I lay dying. We need yep. shit that sounds like that again, man. Yeah, I'm tired of yeah. all this. Tired of all this. This crap, you know, like whatever that's well, happening they now. Be, they gotta be true metal, Benab. That's. <sighs> oh yeah, that's right. Metalcore wasn't uh, true metal. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It has. Give it. Give it another ten years. Give it another ten years, and it'll be. Yeah, that'll be funny when people who were like listening to metalcore in the two thousands come up and say like whatever is happening now is like shit and not metal. Like this ain't this ain't true this ain't metal. metal. Like early early 2000s metalcore that's real metal music. kill switch engage that's real metal that's that's the real classic stuff that's the it's the revivalist stuff that's like poser trash get that out of here okay i'm i'm done imagining this dystopian future banks it's uh well it's already here <laughs> oh, it is already here that's right that's right but uh, no, there was something else uh, on my on my palette lately that I wanted to talk about. Want to talk about? Gonna talk about? <laughs> so there was this band back in uh, back in the early 2010s. Um, we haven't talked about them before on the show, but I kind of wanted to bring them up real quick because they're tangentially related to uh, our one album wonder, uh, Atoma. You know, the band Skylight. And Shine are a uh, a kind of melodic death metal band, for lack of a better word, um, from France. One of their couple of their members were from Atoma. So um, there's there's a bit of a doomy element to their music, but I wouldn't say they're any more doomy than a band like Insomnium, honestly. Um, but if you like if you like good melodic death metal, this is it. But they, 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 one of the things I really like is they have a very like spacey atmosphere to the music. It's this the atmospheric sci-fi kind of thing that it reminds me a bit of like Omnium Gatherum in a way. Um, maybe if Omnium Gatherum and Swallow the Sun kind of got together. So I've been listening to them a lot lately. There's something about that um, that kind of goes well with like stargazing and stuff. I find uh, it's it's it's. If you want metal that that is both fun and strangely relaxing, and Shine are always a great, great uh, band to to listen to. I find uh, they only ever made two albums. Uh, that would be um, oh gosh, uh, Origin and uh, Singularity. So yeah, it's just something I'd recommend. I've been trying to get back into uh, Gojira lately, uh, so I've been listening to a bit of their music again. Yeah, they're not a band I've listened to a lot, but I feel like I should listen to them because they are very related to a lot of s- stuff that I really like. Yeah. Um, but I don't really hear about them anymore. Are they even together still? No, they they released a single recently. Okay. Yeah. So Gojira, Gojira are are interesting. I guess in their their recent years, they've definitely um, softened up their sound a little bit. But I mean, they the new the new song was still very much like heavy. Um, it doesn't have like quite the same techniques as they used to do. Um, they so one of the one of the cool little tricks that I I think is kind of fun about how Gojira play is they do a lot of that like scrape picking kind of sound. So their their guitars have this really like crunchy, crunchy oh, yeah. uh, just uh, low tuned. Um, I don't know. I I would almost hazard it saying it sounds like 
like mechanical the way they do it. It's 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 like it's like steel against steel listening to their guitars. Oh um, yeah, I like that but, sound. Yeah, and and I mean I I would I I don't know if I'd say like they're super like they're not really an, an influence on the gent thing, but they they definitely have a very like when you think of like a lot of like modern like really low tuned guitar sounds i feel like gojira had a bit of a part to play um and i mean they they've always been kind of proggy but um like mixing a very like groove oriented sound with more like progressive music i feel like gojira had something of a part to play i don't know i uh their album from Mars to Sirius is a good one to kind of go back on every once in a while. I find. Yeah, I need to check them out more. They are uh, a, a big hole in my knowledge of metal, especially with, in modern prog stuff. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because you know they're part of they're they're part of that scene. Although I don't hear people talk about them as much as I used to. I remember people right. used to talk yeah. about them and bands like Periphery in the same breath, but now not so right. much anymore. Yeah, and, and Gojira, yeah, they definitely were a big part of the scene. I saw them live in 2008 opening for In Flames. So that was it was a really fun show. It was, yeah, it was 36 Crazy Fists, who were sort of part of that early 2000s metalcore thing. Uh, oh, yeah, was, I forgot about them. <laughs> I don't think yeah, I've ever listened were, to them, but I know they their were, name. Yeah, they were a thing. Um, then there was Gojira, and then there was All That Remains, who they have fallen out of relevance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Also, their front man is like a is like a weird. Uh, he's weird kind of a douchebag. job. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's just sort of like a typical, like if you want to imagine like metalcore dude, bro. Um, yeah. He kind of kind of fits the profile. Well, also, I think isn't he like a hardcore like right winger or something? I don't know. I, I seem to remember he was. I I seem to remember he just had like, like kind of dumb centrist opinions that that were just ill-informed or something, but maybe he is a hardcore right-winger. I remember... I, I just remember him being kind of a douchebag. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I liked that band. I liked uh, yeah, they All the Remains. That, yeah, I guess. All the Remains had a couple good albums. Um, Fall of Ideals is incredible. Yeah, yeah, it was a great album. Um, I still, I'll still stand by that one. But, of course, the headliner was In Flames, um, who... That was kind of right at their sense of purpose tour, uh, which oh, that was, yeah, the beginning at of their the nader. end. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. Uh, it was not great. Uh, well, the album was not great. The show was actually great. In Flames, no matter what album they're on, they've always put on an, an incredible live show. But That's they also had hear. some of their, yeah, they had some of their original members, and they um, they played a lot of their older stuff on that tour. So they played stuff from like Lunar Strain, like way back. What? Wow! What? Yeah, it was it was kind of crazy. Man, Lunar um, Strain is my favorite Dark Tranquility album. I know, I know. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, oh wait, we joke. already talked about Dark Tranquility. <laughs> yeah, we talked about their new album that was incredible. Yeah, yeah I haven't listened like, to that in a while. Yeah, In Flames needs to needs to do what uh, Dark Tranquility did. Yeah. I need to start. It's been co- it's been cold here lately, and I've been really busy. I need to start listening to music again, so yeah. I can go on walks again, or go on yeah. walks so I can listen to music again. That's right. That's I right. guess there's not much stopping me other than myself. But um, yeah, come on, come on, Banks. There's something. Ab- well, there's something very um, 
particular about the um, the first two weeks of a new semester of school that make me not want to do anything. Eh? Very more probably. I've found that the first two weeks can be the most stressful time of the semester. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've had a really terrible time the last couple weeks because I. So I'm at the point in my graduate program where I have to get together like a committee for my comprehensive exams, and right. I have to do a recital. And you know, college professors aren't the most helpful people. God love them. Yeah. Um, and so it's just been stressful. But anyway, right. there is one. There's one thing I meant. I wanted to mention that I'm really excited about that's happening. Oh. Oh soon. yes, um, one of my favorite bands, Era. Mm. Oh yeah, dropped, yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, they dropped a new single a few days mm. ago, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, their new their singles have been really good, and nice. they they are going to be putting out a self titled album on in March. Oh. Um, and I'm really excited about that um, because uh, they are one of my favorite bands. And this new stuff that they've been doing is some of the best stuff I've heard from them like in, in a long time. Very nice. Um, probably since Augment. I mean, their first album, Impulse, is great. I don't think anybody... Nobody dislikes that one. Mm. Uh, mm. Augment is also really good. Mm. But uh, Drift and Neon were kind of just all right. They got some great songs on them, but like, it seemed, seemed like the band was spinning their wheels a little bit. But mm. the new stuff... Mm. It sounds really good, and the band kind of has this like swagger about them now. All of a sudden, I think they're on a right. new label. Um, uh, well, they were on Sumerian for a while, weren't they? Yeah, I think they're on a new label now, and I think they are. Uh, obviously, you know, releasing a self-titled album late into the game is like you know that's kind of a uh, that's a bit of a flex. You know, that's like a, a, a this is this album is us. You know, that's what it says. Right. So. Right. I'm excited to hear that. I think it's going to be great. Um, Snowblood, the one of the newer singles, was one of my favorite songs that I heard uh, through all of last year. So right. um, I think that's going to be great. I'm really excited to hear that, and uh, expect uh, maybe a frown, a little frown room review for that one. That might be uh, that might be worth doing. Right, right. Um, Very nice. Yeah, they're really great. Yeah. Um, I, uh, I I remember you were talking about how you'd also been listening to a, a bit of black metal recently. A little bit, a tiny bit. A I'm always. Bit. I was listening to um, Immortal. Um, yeah. Uh, at the gates of winter. That's the name of that album, right? Heart of winter. At the heart of winter. Yeah. At the gates of winter sounds like a good uh, band title. Yeah. Um, or something. Yeah. So, also sounds very black metal. Winter's yeah, was Gate was an insomnia album. Yes. Um, <laughs> But uh, I really like um, I really like Immortal. I think uh, as far as yeah. black metal goes, they have a really um, the riffs are just killer. They're one of yeah, my favorites. Yeah, and yeah, another they do a band, great job. And another band I really like is Emperor. Listen to them yeah. a lot too. Emperor definitely do some good stuff. Izon is an incredibly talented musician. Um, yeah, you know, former uh, Emperor frontman. I I tend to like Izon's side projects a bit more than Emperor's stuff proper. Um, yeah, I need to listen to some of that because apparently his name is kind of associated with uh, more proggy stuff now. It, it, he is, yeah. And, and especially because so isn't the band Leprous, they used to be associated with his, him. They were his band right. at one point. They were his backing band when he would play live. Wow, it all this whole, it goes so deep. Right, whole, it does. rabbit it does. hole runs deep. Yeah, uh, and Izon, Izon has done some vocals on some leprous songs. Um, there was a song on Cole that he did guest vocals on, and he and on Bilateral, I think he contributed some vocals too. 
but his solo stuff is fantastic. Um, the one I listen to the most out of uh, Izan's solo work is Arctis, but he has he has a ton of solo albums out now, so it, it's worth it's worth listening into. I think he even put one out like last year or something, pretty yeah. recently. Um, but it, you know, he's always been very talented, and and it, that definitely has sort of reflected in like Emperor's music. Um, they were one of the yeah. first black metal bands to, you know, use like the kind of symphonic stuff as well, because he's on definitely incorporated a bit of that. Yeah, their last say. album, um, Prometheus, the Prometheus Tongue of Fire and Demise, is really proggy. Really... Yeah, very, very proggy. Very like you could almost call it like avant-garde in some places. It's it's pretty yeah. wild. Um, um, another black metal band I like is the band Over. Are really good yeah you know i never really listened to over but i've been wanting to listen to them at some point you should um, check you should check out their uh well they have a they have an album from 1994 uh that i can't pronounce the name of but it's really yeah. good and they they don't really do black metal anymore do they uh i have no idea i've only listened to this one album or until, uh, maybe they do but they they had like a, a period where they did some very like different sounds um yeah it seems like it's funny. A lot of bands that were black metal bands really did like a hard turn at some point into doing other things. Right, right. You know, we talked about Enslaved already, but Enslaved made that turn into doing uh, like more proggy stuff. Yeah. Um. Uh, so we, we want to talk about black metal. Um. I, I actually had an album I was listening to recently that I, I thought was notable and uh, kind of an interesting listen at the very least. Um called Eternity of Sheog by Esoctrilithium. Eternity of Sheog. <laughs> and I hope I pronounced the name right. Esoctrilithium. Esoctrilithium? Esoctrilithium. It, it's, it's intentionally made hard to say, so you can't find the music. Um, it's a one-man uh, uh, black metal band from France. So you know how those one-man black metal bands from France are. They usually do some really like weird avant-garde shit, like a Blue Tile Snort. Uh, but mm. and that's, that's exactly what you're getting with Eternity of Sheog. Um, there's uh, like a lot of like weird synth stuff. There's violins and piano and cantelli on it. It's just like a a, a lot of interesting weird sounds. Uh, I think his vocals could use a bit of work, but. Um, when if, uh, a lot of early like black metal is generally pretty rough around the edges on vocals anyways yeah. but i think the song the songwriting is very like melodic very like progressive it's an interesting sound um i will i will give it that um there's a lot of like weird alien sounding atmospheres on the record um and it and the the song titles are all very bizarre it's just it's it's fun and interesting uh, kind of complex music, um, and it's a it's a very new artist. So um, I think this is his second album under this name. So yeah, it's uh, it, it's it was fun. I'll say that. Black metal and fun are words yeah. um, often not used in in right. In, it's in not conjunction. meant to be fun. If you think it's fun, then you're a poser. Or you're not listening to the right band. Ugh, <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Um, Let's see. I was also listening to another another one. I, I've been kind of listening to a lot lately is uh, the band Eternal Storm. Uh, they're a, a melodic death metal band from Spain. 
Um, Spain, uh, I like when I think of Spain's metal scene, like I mostly thought of like power metal stuff like Darkmoor, but uh, it is cool because I've heard a couple, a couple different like cool like melodic death metal bands from there lately. But Eternal Storm, um, you would think they're from Finland because they sound like they kind of come from the school of, of sound of something like Insomnium. Um, where they have the very like atmospheric guitars, but they take it, they take kind of a step further with their music because uh, like the guitars have such a fuzzy atmospheric sound. It, it almost has like that, that shoegaze post-metal thing going on as well. And uh, we were talking a bit about that. I think we'll have to do an episode where we just talk about like post-metal in general, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Eternal Storm are fun. Um, they made an album in, in 2019 called Come the Tide uh, that I really like. Um, there's some there's some stuff on the album like that. They have like a couple like 10, 11 minute songs on that album um, where the song almost like the songwriting reminded me a bit of something like Neapolis Viscaris where it has a kind of proggy thing going on. Um, but just the the general feeling of the music has this very... Uh, atmospheric sound while still being very like in your face and punchy music so that's a that's an album i've been listening to quite a bit lately um i've got a i've actually got a funny one to mention or maybe uh, not so funny but uh oh it, it relates to a funny story so you yeah. remember you remember king conquer right doug ah uh, king conquer that's right uh, um, what that name of that album is america's most if okay so if anybody that, here which is probably nobody is hankering for some like cream of the crop, late 20, 20 aughts, um, deathcore, deathcore, just straight up. Check out America's Most Haunted by King Crimson. And, oh man! I mean, King, King Conquer, Crimson. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, when when did King Crimson start doing deathcore? The... <laughs> anyway, anyway, so I have a friend who who. Back in the day, he and I were really into deathcore, metalcore, and we talked about that stuff all the time. And we were also into because that stuff kind of went hand in hand with the gent stuff. We're yeah. all, nowadays, you know, he'll send me tons of bands from that style. Like I think, like this yeah. guy, every couple of weeks, every month or so, he shows me some gent band I've never heard of. Yeah, <laughs> and it's um, and it's like, first of all, it's like this is so much stuff. I can't, how do you keep how do you keep up with this? And also all of it sounds the same to a certain extent, you know, after a <laughs> while. Um, but he showed me to bring it back to King Conquer. He showed me an album that I think is the King Conquer um, uh, of now of 2021. Oh no. So you, and you should check this oh. out, Doug, because oh, this is awesome. This album is so I, fucking awesome. I'll check it out. The the album is Suicide Forest by the by the project. I don't think it's a band. I think it's just one guy, Dal Av. That's D A L A V. Incredible okay. stuff. Okay. It's so heavy, and but it's also got that funny like kind of like li- kind of slightly douchebaggy like deathcore sound. Oh but it boy! Is, but it it's definitely modern. Like it does. It's it's one of those bands where it's like. You know, after a while, kind of like deathcore and like really heavy gent kind of became like the same thing, you know? They kind of just like, yeah. it became indistinguishable. And this is like right. that. High, I get the highest of high recommendations. I think I love it. It's so much fun. 
It reminds me of when I was young, listening to King Conquer, um, watching that video of um, Chris Brown doing backflips that with that synced up to their song um, Six Gallon Gasoline Stomach." Oh boy, I remember that. Oh, I man. remember that. Or the Sprite commercial with Drake, where <laughs> I spliced in King Conquer, which I don't think that video exists on the in- internet anywhere. No, but, uh, no. Uh, uh, yes, that was a that was a classic. I should, oh, I gotta, um. I got to remake that video. That was a fun Yes, video. you do. Make it again. Uh, I there think was, I will. <laughs> I want to I want to uh, I want to add another another footnote here. Uh, something kind of exciting uh, news-wise. Uh, Liquid Tension Experiment posted a, a single from their new upcoming record, and that's notable because it's Mike Portnoy, John Petrucci, yes. and Jordan Rudess working together again. Yes. Uh, which with, uh, I believe Tony Levin on bass. Tony Levin, that is correct. Yes. So, which that's kind of exciting because it yeah. means John Petrucci and and Mike Portnoy are willing to work together again. Um, so, we're not. You know, it's it's hard to say if Portnoy is going to rejoin Dream Theater, but it's it's still exciting. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, I think. Um. Well, you know, I never thought the uh, the uh, the the problem, the intra band problems were 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 with you know Portnoy and and Rudess and Petrucci. It was more Portnoy and James Labrie, right? Yeah, I have a yeah. feeling. I think the pro- I think that that would be sort of the stumbling block for getting Mike Portnoy in the band would be James Labrie, right? And also the fact that you know. Yeah, no, it's like he, he kind of <laughs> was like, yeah, Dream Theater, we need to end this now. So, But it is nice to see Portnoy and, and Petrucci and Jordan Rudess working together again. Yeah, you know, I think after 10 years, everybody was kind of one. That was always the question on everybody's mind. It was like, you know, okay, maybe Portnoy doesn't come back to Dream Theater, but is there some? Is it possible that, 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 that they do another LTE, you know? Yeah, um, yeah. And I was never huge into Liquid Tension Experiment. But uh, right. it's pretty good. It's a good. It's good to see that those guys are working together. They can get along yeah. with each other. Um, yeah. It's good that Mike Portnoy is doing something that I might be interested in again because right. I don't think I've given a shit about a single thing he's done since he left Dream Theater. Well, he did that Sons of Apollo project. That was all right. Um, who? Uh, I don't remember that. I don't yeah, think I listened he, to it. <laughs> he did a he did a band called Sons of Apollo. It was prog metal. Um. They they kind of did like sort of a, a prog power style. Um, they had Jeff Jeff Scott Soto did the vocals on that band, the guy who worked with Ingvar Malmsteen back in the day, and and Bumblefoot did the guitars. Look, we all know the best thing that Mike Portnoy um, did after Dream Theater was Adrenaline Mob. Ah uh, yes, yes, yeah, Adrenaline Mob. That's. That's that's a really interesting like footnote in history. I I still feel bad about what happened with that group because um you know one of the members or a couple of the members dying in that bus crash and Russell Allen survived but uh, man it's it's sad. Still. Oh damn! I didn't know about that. Yeah, but Adrenaline Mob is is kind of funny though because it's uh you get you get like Russell Allen and Mike Portnoy and. You, what do they make? They make like this really like kitschy, uh, like hard rock music. Like uh, I don't know, it, it was like Shine Down or something. I don't know. It was it was. 
Yeah, well, I think you're. I think you're. I don't think you're giving enough credit to uh, Shine down there. No, okay, uh, it was more like five finger death punch. Fine. Yeah, it was. Very, <laughs> it was very bad. It was not good. Yeah, I don't think anybody not, liked it. Yeah, I mean, someone liked it, but I, it wasn't me. <laughs> but it's like some of our favorite musicians, like like I love Russell Allen as a singer. Oh, of but, course. Man, uh, that was a. That speaking, was a yeah, speaking of Nader. <laughs> yeah, not not really something I'm super into. Let's let's just say, but it was it was something that he'd been doing like on the side while doing Symphony X stuff. So, you know, I remember Russell Allen gave me a thumbs up at a concert once. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. He's a. That, it was during the song. I believe it was Electric Messiah from Oh uh, yeah Iconoclast because I saw yeah. them on that tour with right. Iced Earth and Warbringer. Oh, uh, yeah, we should mention uh, the news about Iced Earth for our listeners. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, okay, hold on. Let me let me get this straight. I haven't been, I've only, I've been seeing this in the news a little bit. But did, so John Schaefer was arrested, right, for going to the. He was. Fuck, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's so awesome. It's, it's, yeah, so John Schaefer, the guitarist of Iced Earth. Uh, who's always was, been kind of like a right-wing nut. Yeah, he's always been a bit of a right-wing nut job. Um, he was he had taken part in in the the uh, little uh, takeover of the Capitol that happened recently, uh, which you might have heard about on the news. Uh, you know that 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 whole uh, right-wing crazy riot thing. Um, and uh, there were some photos that of him that had circulated online uh, from that event. And uh, recently, he was arrested for it. Man, it couldn't uh, have happened to a better guy. <laughs> couldn't happen to a better guy. <laughs> oh, that man. is for sure, dude. We should we got to talk about Ice Earth at some at that at some point because they were one of my favorites at one point. Um, yeah, but they are one of my favorite bands, whose most of their output is just boring as fuck. Right, absolutely, and it and it has only like. And it, it is weird how like they have a couple albums that I just love. Um, oh man, Dystopia but, is incredible. Uh huh. Horror uh-huh. Show is incredible. Yeah, for sure. Um, Something Wicked is incredible. Fantastic work, but uh, I can't. I couldn't tell you about anything else they've done. Honestly, like I can only remember those three albums. But, I think at one point in time, I listened to every one of their albums. Yeah, maybe at one point. Like, um, I I know a lot of people say Burnt Offerings was really good. Burnt Offerings is good because it's got Dante's Inferno on Dante's it. Dante's Inferno great. is most of what I pay attention off of that album. Like, I I couldn't tell you about it the rest of that album, anyways. People really like the Dark Saga. I think is good. Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was the one. And they actually got um, what's his name, Todd McFarlane, to do the album cover on that one. The yeah. Well, the, the thing about Spawn. The thing about Iced Earth is that um. You know, they have a kind of a confusing they can, when I think about them I get confused cuz they've had so many different vocalists. Like they're, they they yeah, well, they, they had Matt Barlow, Tim Owens and then Stu Block. But they but there but there's more. Before there's Matt more? Barlow, oh Jesus. Before Matt Barlow, they had two other singers. Oh, their geez. debut their debut self-titled album has a, has some guy who's terrible on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, his vocals are really bad. I don't know. I don't remember what his name was. Sorry, guy. It's bad. And yeah. Night of the Storm Rider, um, which a lot of people, some people will say is the best Iced Earth album, mm-hmm. um, has a different vocalist. Um, but 
Yeah, Matt Barlow comes in on burnt offerings and is pretty good. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I like most of his stuff throughout. Right. Um, I like most of the stuff Matt Barlow has sung on. Yeah, he's a great singer. But uh, he leaves and then Ripper Owens comes in. Mm. And he I don't think he was a very good fit for the band. He's not no. a bad vocalist, but I don't think he was a very good fit. But um, I think Stu Block is probably the best vocalist they had overall because I think he did. Uh, he was able he, to kind of straddle the both. Yeah, Stu Block has done a pretty good job, um, especially like Dystopia. That album in particular was fantastic. Um, yeah, I'd but, still listen to that one. I still like that album a lot. Yeah, yeah, and because he was kind of able to do the Matt Barlow style, but For he some... was also able to do some of the Tim Ripper Owens like higher range stuff. So here's a funny anecdote. Um, yeah. For some reason, I associate the album Dystopia with the the anime Madoka Magica. Oh <laughs> uh, well, they both came out the same year. So. Yeah, and I think I watched that show like the week that album came out or something. Like right, it was very close. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Oh man, that uh, that brings back some interesting <laughs> memories, doesn't it? That was that was peak. That was peak. Um, that was peak Doug and Banks hours. That was yeah. People, people like Madoka Magica used to come out. People like him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> yeah, people like uh, John Schaefer used to come out, but now he's in jail. <laughs> now he's in jail. He's not coming out anymore. I will say that Ice Earth concert was pretty boring, though. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, I was. I will say, like, I was kind of tuckered out after Symphony X played, and I'm like, all right. Yeah, it's just too much. It was go- it show- show went on really long, and like, War I think Warbringer, Warbringer just opened fucking and Warbringer ki- yeah. fucking killed it. They had like a they played like a thirty minute set and they just they killed it. It was incredible. They tore the place up. Yeah, fucking, like they were they were probably the best band on that bill. Well, and that's the thing, Warbringer. Warbringer, like their music is. I mean, it's it's decent enough. Like thrash revivalist stuff but their live it's their live like um presence that really makes them a band that is worth seeing like they just have this energy this this raw like crazy energy that always gets the crowd going Um, and i remember you know a big reason i went to that show is because a few weeks ago you saw them on the west coast on the same ticket yeah um, that's right uh a few weeks earlier yeah. And um and uh and you were like uh and you guys you and a, fr- a few mutual friend of ours from back then met the vocalist of Warbringer and called me at 3 in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> and had me talk to this guy on the phone and I was I was like, "Oh, I'm going to be slick. I want to go meet this guy at the merch booth after their sets over, but I never saw him, so." Oh. But, but that he... was a that was a weird concert that I went to because the venue got moved like weeks before. Yeah. Because they were supposed to play, it was in Orlando. Right. Uh, this was when I lived in South Georgia, which is basically like, I lived like 30 minutes from Florida. But we, but I mean, Orlando was like a, still a little while away. It was like three hours from where I lived. But it was like, right, you know, it was right, like right. reasonable. My mom and I could go um, take a trip. Oh, this is a yeah. great story. This whole trip is a great story. I, but the the thing, the, so the concert was supposed to be at the House of Blues in Orlando and mm. in downtown Disney. Right. And it got moved because... Guns N' Roses was going to play a show there. <laughs> this was when this was when I'm sure Axl Rose showed up 2 hours late anyway. 
And this is funny because I remember the bands, all three of these bands were like, fuck Guns N' Roses on stage. <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck do they think they are? Especially, especially, I believe Symphony X was probably the one who was the most upset. I think they mentioned it between every song, which is weird because I don't associate Symphony X with being a band that's really to hold a grudge. You know, Russell Allen. Yeah, no, that's Man, funny. Symphony X killed it. And I remember there was this guy who was... Yeah who I hung out with at the show who was high as fuck. And he was like, I've never heard any of these bands, but my friend of mine said, let's smoke a J and go to this show that's going on downtown. <laughs> wow. And he's like, I remember we were playing the, uh, they were playing, it was the same song, electric Messiah. The right. song starts and it just fucking just rattles your bones. Like it is yeah. just so heavy. Also this, the worst acoustics in the world in this place. It was like, they were playing in a fucking high school gymnasium. That's what it sounded right. like. Right. Um, it was some awful nightclub with like brick, high ceiling brick walls a uh, fucking like it had a dance floor that was like you know the like a gym floor you know with that wood look you know what i mean right 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 like a like a basketball court looking oh goodness and it just sounded ba- it sounded terrible i really couldn't make anything out but it was good it was a good show that was the one metal show i ever went to <laughs> yeah yeah well hopefully we'll have time to go to some more after this is all over yeah i'm i'm a little um peeved because it's like apparently Devin Townsend w- played in Atlanta like the week before you know COVID really hit the US and um, yeah and apparently he it was his I think that was the last show he played because apparently his guitars are still in storage here in Atlanta somewhere so oh, huh. um, so if anybody if anybody wants to wants to let me know where those are I'll uh I'll, they'll go to a nice home all I'm saying <laughs> yeah yeah Anyway, uh, speaking of Devin, oh sorry, were you gonna say something? No, 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 no. You go ahead. Speaking of Devin, speaking of exciting upcoming things, he he is also putting out two records soon this year. Oh, I'm excited. I'm they excited. are not metal. I don't believe they're. He's doing yeah. kind of like an ambient project. I think it's ambient, but I don't know. I think it's a little bit more involved because he says he's right. getting a lot of people involved playing in it. It sounds really weird. It's one of those yeah. things where, like, he'll go on Twitter and he'll make like a long, like, like six, ten part thread about it, and I'll read the whole thing and I won't have no idea what he's talking about. So right, well, yeah, and Devin, Devin, I think he said he was working on like multiple projects at this point. Yeah, so. I think he's got. So he's got these two records that are coming out. One of them is called The Puzzle, and the other one is called um, Snuggle. Oh, okay. And he, and he says. He says that the puzzle is like a mixture of dev lab and deconstruction. Okay, all which right, is, interesting. Which sounds fucking crazy. It does. And, then, and the snuggle <laughs> set is is apparently the is like the Hummer meets Ghost. So okay, so you can kind of you can kind of see he's doing the whole like you know duality of man thing that he always does. Uh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Which oh. it's pretty. It is pretty exciting. I think it's going to be good. Hopefully, it'll make sense. Hopefully, yeah. people like it. Um, right, right. Um, but he is apparently he's going to be putting out a record of like you know like his normal like metal song based stuff in like uh, probably like Q one of next year or something. So yeah, we'll see what happens with that. Anyways, um, I think that's all I got for today. Unless you want to talk about. unless you want to talk about the new um no we we already talked about suicide forest (laughs) 
by Dal Ab. Everybody, please listen to that album. It is so good. That's the big takeaway from today. Is please listen to that. Yeah, please listen listen to to that. Suicide Forest by Dal Ab. The big take. The big takeaways are listen to Suicide Forest by Dal Ab. Um, you know John Schaefer's a a a, a cock and um and a cop. He was a cop. Yeah, he was. You didn't know that. that. No, yeah, he was that. a cop. I don't pay attention I to Ice Earth anymore. Oh, and also, uh, Nightlight uh, released an album called Nightlight Plays Death's Symbolic, where it's just a synthwave cover. It's synthwave covers of Symbolic by the band Death. <sighs> why? <laughs> why did they do that? <laughs> why? I don't know why, but it, it happened. That's very strange. Um, well, what a time to be alive, guys. <laughs> Only 90s kids remember. Only 90s kids remember. Um, all right. Yeah, Doug. Uh, we'll be back next week. We're interviewing the band um, Luna's Call. Luna's Call. Week. Yeah, it was coming to me. I was like, don't yep. say the wrong one. They um, are a mix of, uh, well, Opeth and Between the Barrier and Me, essentially. Yeah. In their sound. Um, so I'm my, really excited. Two of my most favoritist bands of all time. Um, yes, indeed. Opeth, Opeth is my favorite, my favorite band that I don't like now. <laughs> <But> <laughs> they had they had a great run, and they now had a great one. We'll talk yeah. about them in another episode. I think yeah. they were thinking about that. We're so, going to talk about Opeth uh, soon, so yeah. we're, we're going to do an Opeth retrospective. But uh, when uh, that's uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, that's what you got to listen for, you, you know? gotta, yeah, just uh, you got to hit the subscribe button on Spotify. Hit the uh, hit the follow button on our Facebook page, and um, send us an email. We're lonely. <laughs> we just want to yes. talk. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> All right. All right. S- see you next time. See you next time, people. Hey there, my dearest. Won't you take my hand? Thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, make sure to check out Doug on Instagram at Dougalverse Draws. Uh, check me out at Banks P. Daniels on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, make sure to follow The Frown Room on Facebook and Spotify so you can get uh, all the latest updates. Uh, check out my music on banksdaniels.bandcamp.com and soundcloud.com slash banksdaniels. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, new episodes every Monday or Sunday. Uh, Won't you take my hand?